What up, Ring Crew Army, and welcome back to a brand new episode of the Square Circle Podcast. I am your host, Marie Shadows, and on this episode of the Square Circle Podcast, we will be going over JY versus David Finley for the New Japan Cup Tournament, and also, I have a mini confession for you guys. Let me start off with this mini confession. So, as you know, the New Japan Cup is definitely not in my favor at all. All my brackets are broken. Now everything is completely broken because, spoiler alert, Jay White, King Switch, the Switchblade, will not be advancing in the new J-Pan Cup as he so called it. Jay White versus David Finley was one hell of a match and is definitely different from all the rest of the matches that they ever had in New Japan Wrestling in their careers. And so... David Finley managed to get a victory, an upset victory over Jay White and knocked him out of the J-Pan Cup. So now it is just New Japan Cup. And so I have failed at the New Japan Pro Wrestling booking because I was fangirling, obviously, over Jay White for 24 hours. And more than that, ever since I started covering New Japan Pro Wrestling, it has been very pro Jay White everything and how he can do no wrong and how he does creativity on a whole nother level than any other wrestler in the wrestling business currently jy really does give us some amazing stories and amazing matches and everything just comes from the heart so i obviously praise jy a lot on this show and i will continue to do so even if jy white is now 12 and 2 against david finley so I hope you guys can forgive me for failing at booking New Japan Pro Wrestling because New Japan is all like, hey, you have that stateside mentality of how to book a wrestling show. You watched WWE for years, so you got that formula down. You watched this, you, know, you got that formula down. Well, fuck you and everything that you ever learned about booking pro wrestling because New Japan just does it fucking different. And everything is a joy especially to know that i failed i'm not upset about it i'm just having so much fun with this new japan cup that i'm just like let's go along for the ride i may have failed but it doesn't mean that everything is all doom and gloom when it comes to wanting your favorites to make their dreams come true because we all know that jay white is on a mission to beat Kota Ibushi, beat the god of New Japan Pro Wrestling, the one who's making all the devil decisions to have the IWGP Intercontinental Championship and the IWGP Heavyweight Championship titles combined into one. It is definitely unheard of, and I'm all for change in professional wrestling. I'm all for change for wrestlers, gimmicks, rules, championships, anything like that. But... The delusional state that Kota Ibushi is in, him making these decisions definitely does not sound right. It does not sound what a champion would do. A champion will defend both titles, or rather, they should defend both titles. If both of those titles was on King Switch, he would definitely be defending either both or one against the whole entire roster of New Japan Pro Wrestling. And who knows, with all the stuff he does to the Young Lions, he might have given one of them a chance 
at a belt and still be like, you're still not on my level to take this championship title off of me. But are we there? No, we're not even in the era of Switchblade at the moment. Because he is not double champion. He was meant to be double champion at Wrestle Kingdom 15 at the beginning of this year, but that was not it. So he lost, took some time off, came back in February, made a huge impact. He put Ishii into place. And after he put Ishii into place, did you guys notice how happy he was, even though he still had his cockiness and his overconfidence that he always wears Every time he comes into the ring and every time he goes backstage and gives his comments, he was extremely happy. He still took David Finley as not being serious, and that ended up costing him. David Finley finally managed to pull out a surprise victory over Jay White. And David Finley has grown, and he is doing great things. He is one half of the impact world tag team champions alongside juice robinson juice robinson is no longer in the tournament of the new japan cup but juice robinson has been in his corner but juice robinson has been in finley's corner the whole entire time and allowing finley to shine like the star that he is because finley is legacy and finley for a while was trying to find himself and i think that that night March 18th, when he fought Jay White and he defeated Jay White, he found himself. And this is the boost that he needs. And during his backstage comments, Finley is saying that 2021 is his year and that he is going to show everybody why he's a big deal. And I think that that's a great feat for him to do. And he definitely has all the skills and ability to be the best. And obviously, if you can get a win over Jay White, that says a lot. Toa Hanari couldn't do it because Toa Hanari is still in training. He is still trying to get himself up there. And I did mention in the last podcast episode that because Toa Hanari lost, maybe he should confide in David Finley on how to defeat Jay White. Because of that one victory David Finley had before adding a second victory onto his win and loss record against Jay White. I was hanging on every single word Jay White has ever said about David Finley, about Finley not being able to defeat Jay White. And I believed that it was going to be 13 and one. I got a little hasty, retweeted everything, even hyped it up as well. But I knew that this was going to be a very important match. So no matter the outcome, I'm not upset at it. I'm just very surprised that the booking will go this way. And it makes sense if you really think about it. And I would dive into the amazing promo that Jay White did for his backstage comments for David Finley. Even Will Ospreay was shocked to hear the news that David Finley got a win over Jay White. Will Ospreay was anticipating that it was going to be him and Jay White in the finals. And no, that's not the case. We are going to be having Will Ospreay versus David Finley in the finals. And Will Ospreay said to David Finley that his Cinderella story is going to be over because he is not going to defeat Will Ospreay. Part of me wants to agree that David Finley will not defeat Will Ospreay. And part of me wants to be on the other side and say that 
David Finley is going to beat Will Ospreay. But there's going to be a catch. So hear me out with some, I guess, fantasy matchbooking, whatever you want to call this next idea that I'm going to speak about. So imagine this. We know that it's going to be David Finley versus Will Ospreay on March 20th. March 20th is going to have one hell of a match card for New Japan Pro Wrestling. I'll get to that in a little bit, but hear me out. I know that in Finley's corner is going to be Juice Robinson. I don't think Will Ospreay is going to come out with anyone else. So we're going to have a really great match between these two. David Finley is going to show off a lot more tricks up his sleeve. We already know what Will Ospreay is about. If you have been following his career, you're good. If you haven't, then maybe you should start. Me, on the other hand, I will say it here, but I'll go a little bit more in depth into another podcast episode that will cover the Osprey versus Zack Zaber Jr. match because that one is match of the year. So very quickly, I never really called myself a fan of Will Osprey. I saw the things that he's done in his career and most of it was a bunch of flips with no psychology. Me, I'm more on the technical side. I'm more the, please give me a story within this match to help me understand the overall aspect of what you guys are doing. So with me, it comes down to, you got to have good promo skills, definitely good selling skills, the wrestling ability, and make sure in that wrestling match, you tell the story a little bit further of what you want to accomplish. So you basically have me hook, line, and sinker if you do that formula. No matter how you do it, even if it's cliche, maybe I could still be hooked on it. Anyway, seeing how Osprey has changed over the years, you basically saw Osprey grow up in front of your eyes. And seeing him in New Japan with the added muscle and the variety now that he has in his wrestling repertoire and not too much of the flips. And you can see the maturity in his way of thinking and his way of dissecting matches, but still being that Will Ospreay we all grew up knowing. I can definitely appreciate him a lot more and I respect his career a lot more. I respect his wrestling ability. I give him a lot more respect. In the past, it was just I'll watch him from a distance and see how his career grows and see what people are talking about when they talk about Will Ospreay in their debates. Will is one hell of a talent. He is one hell of a wrestler. And he definitely has the full package. Maybe not sometimes when he cuts his promos, but it's Will Ospreay is Ospreay doing Ospreay things. But I do respect the fact that he has matured and you could definitely see it and feel it in any of his matches. And he deserves to have that chip on his shoulder and he deserves to be cocky in that ring because he earned it. So many years in this business, giving us so many good matches. So all of that was supposed to be saved for the other podcast episode. But just for you guys know that I don't hate Osprey. Osprey is there. He's going to be facing David Finley. And this is going to be the make or break of the story when it comes to Jay White. So you know what? I'll just get into everything. We'll just talk about everything at random rather than me trying to follow whatever outline I had in my head. So I predict that during the match between Will Ospreay versus David Finley, Switchblade is going to come out 
and interfere in the match, thinking that he is going to have David Finley lose. But in reality, he helps David Finley inadvertently win the match against Will Ospreay. And therefore, that will have David Finley going on to the finals. Now, who do I think David Finley might fight in the finals? David Finley is going to end up fighting evil. There has to be one Bullet Club member that goes to the finals and probably fail at the finals. So my pick is definitely going to be evil. Evil is the Bullet Club member to watch because of his backstage comments. It's amazing that we're not talking about his backstage comments as much as we talk about Jay White's backstage comments. Someone needs to pay attention to evil because he's going to be the guy that overthrows everything just based on his backstage comments. So after Shingo defeated Kenta in their New Japan Cup match, Shingo had a couple words to say and then out comes evil. Evil and Dick Togo take out Shingo and evil says what he says while having his foot on Shingo's face. And then in the backstage comments, he mentions how he's going to go to the finals and that he's going to take the belt off of Kota Ibushi and that he's going to destroy the IWGP name of the belt and remake the belt in his image. That sounds totally different from the vision that Switchblade has. Switchblade just wants to save the land of New Japan Pro Wrestling. He wants to save his legacy, Tanahashi's legacy, Okada's legacy, AJ Styles' legacy, hell, even Kenny Omega's legacy. Because all those names, including Evil, has held either one or both of those IWGP championships. And yet... Evil wants to remake the belts in his own image, and I have no idea what that entails. Evil is not going to give us the full details like how Switch would do it, but that's the best thing about Evil is that he gives you the breadcrumbs and you're left with wanting more. And I definitely want more. Like, I really want to know what his plan is. And really, you're going to make it in your own image? That's almost the same way as abushi unifying the titles but the difference is is that evil is evil evil does not claim to be a god and evil does not make devil decisions like how abushi does all in one setting abushi is the god of new japan pro wrestling he is the double champion he is the standard of what a champion should be in new japan pro wrestling yet unifying the championships makes him a devil makes him the heel because we all know that opportunity is being taken away. Why should wrestlers again go after one title belt when they could go after two and have a legacy race to see who is the best holder of those belts, who can make better stories, who can make memorable moments in professional wrestling. Professional wrestling is all about making memories. As much as these guys take bumps for us every single day, and they give their body to us as entertainment. They basically make memories for us, for it to last, and for us to have these conversations and debates. So, Evil said this just once. And maybe he's been thinking about it for a long time. And I noticed that 
while evil is doing evil things in the background, Jay White is worried about Jay White and his story and not trying to talk to evil and be like, hey, are we on the same page of my vision? Because essentially Bullet Club is a family. Bullet Club always have each other's backs. And I think that would be a stronger story to add on, even a layer to add on to this whole complexity that we're getting into right now. Because if Bullet Club is not on the same page, I definitely do not want a civil war. I don't want it to be where evil destroys everything. And now maybe Bullet Club would have to rebuild. Maybe that's what we're going for. Maybe that's what we're going for down the line. It's going to take a while. It's not going to happen overnight. But just because I noticed that Switchblade worries about himself and he doesn't worry about Bullet Club as a whole and what's good for Bullet Club, even if what he's doing to save New Japan Pro Wrestling and what he's doing to save legacies is definitely an honorable thing. Like, I will be by his side and I will be one of his soldiers to be like, yeah, this is honorable. Like, I don't want his legacy to be erased and I don't want other people's legacies to be erased, even if this is the wrong story for me to praise and push. But it's something that I believe in and it makes sense. The whole point is that he hasn't spoken with evil to see if they're on the same page. And he's focused on David Finley and telling David Finley in his backstage comments that Finley has doomed New Japan Pro Wrestling and that Finley does not see New Japan Pro Wrestling the same way that Jay White sees it. Jay White's whole entire promo was... Him not accepting the fact that he lost to David Finley and blaming David Finley for messing up his vision and messing up his plan, which essentially that's exactly what happened. David Finley messed up everything and David Finley is going into business for himself because he wants to show the fans around the world and the fans in New Japan Pro Wrestling that David Finley is here to stay for years to come and David Finley is not a pushover and he could definitely win the big one. When he is put in a situation like this in the New Japan Cup that's considered the most amazing tournament and where you could definitely showcase your ability, he wants to be taken serious. So why not take out one of your rivals since Dojo Days to make that point? And he definitely has done it. But either way, Jay White having his mental breakdown, as much as it was beautiful, still blamed everyone else instead of taking the loss and moving on. So now he has a new vision, and that is to right that wrong and get the victory over David Finley sometime in the future. The same way where he defeated Ishii and Ishii got put into place. And the moment that happened, you saw how happy Jay White has become. He took all of his opponents after Ishii very lightly. He also even continued to mock all of his opponents after Ishii to make them feel like they're never going to be on Jay White's level. And he was doing the same thing to David Finley. Finley just managed to get the upset victory. And even in backstage comments, Jay White was still talking as if David Finley did not matter to him and that David Finley was not on his level. 
it was one of those congratulations that you got a one up on me, but it's going to be the last time that he'll get a one up on Jay White. Jay White is going to definitely look at this as motivation in order to get back on track to defeating Kota Ibushi and saving New Japan Pro Wrestling. So just to recap, David Finley versus Will Ospreay. David Finley is going to get the victory over Will Ospreay because of Jay White's interference. Jay White will interfere thinking that it is going to help Will Ospreay out to get the victory. However, it inadvertently makes David Finley the victor in this match. And then David Finley will move on to the finals. So let's talk about the March 20th match card for New Japan Pro Wrestling. So we all know that Kota Ibushi has not been on a New Japan card since the anniversary show. And the anniversary show was March 4th. So he hasn't wrestled for a little bit, but then all of a sudden on March 20th, when I go on New Japan World, which you guys should definitely get a subscription for. If you don't have a subscription, I don't know how you're enjoying these episodes because I get so passionate about it and I don't want you guys to feel lost. Anyway, the fourth match on that card has a six man tag match. We're going to have Bullet Club. We're going to have Jay White teaming up with Yujiro and Kenta taking on Tanahashi, Okada, and our double champion, the god of New Japan Pro Wrestling, Kota Ibushi. And I ask New Japan Pro Wrestling, what did they do to bribe Kota Ibushi from his slumber to be in a six-man tag match the fourth match on the card to take on members of Bullet Club and team up with Okada and Tanahashi. What did you guys bribe him with? I honestly thought Kota Ibushi was just going to ride the whole month out and then April 4th, he'll be really well rested and then he will fight the winner of the New Japan Cup. And here I thought it was going to be Kota Ibushi versus Jay White. But again, you guys fucked up my brackets. New Japan, stop fucking up my brackets. Anyway, seriously, what did you guys bribe him to get out of bed so he can have a match? This is a very interesting point in storytelling, and this is why storytelling in professional wrestling is key to have us hook, line, and sinker for these amazing stories. So Jay White had his mental breakdown because he couldn't accept the fact that David Finley got a surprise victory over him. Hell, I couldn't even believe it. Half probably the world of the Switchblade army out there like couldn't believe it either, but... This just fuels Jay White's point and drives it home even more. And he's going to have more to say in his backstage comments. Maybe along the lines of that, oh, look at that. The God has returned for a match. And it's a match against him. Jay White is going to turn it around and make it about him that he's finally going to get something in return for all this. Because he is going to have Kota Ibushi one-on-one in that match, even if it's a tag team match. If you guys see where I'm going with this. It's almost as if Jay White is going to be looking at a ghost in front of him. Because he couldn't get the job done in Wrestle Kingdom. So maybe now he has a little bit of a opportunity to 
take advantage of having Kota Ibushi in the ring with him and do some damage and try to get into the head of Kota Ibushi like he always gets into the head of everyone else. So this is going to be a very strong storytelling point. And it's only going to make this story as it goes along further that much more impressive. Because remember, Jay White has to right the wrong and make sure that Finley goes back into place in this puzzle before Jay White can ascend to face Kota Ibushi one day. It's definitely not going to be the opportunity he wanted if he were to win the New Japan Cup. The New Japan Cup allows the winner to go face the champion. But now that Jay White is no longer in the New Japan Cup, we definitely look forward to the G1 after Sakura Genesis and the road to Dantaku. And then eventually when we get to the G1, maybe this time it could be the J1. And he could definitely win that and face Kota Ibushi. It is early for... Jay White to complete his story to save New Japan Pro Wrestling. And I think that there's going to be a bigger story happening in the world of professional wrestling later on in the year. It is too early for Jay White to complete his story and he might end up getting bored at the top, even though he can probably make a story out of nothing. So just to recap, when you guys watch the March 20th show from New Japan World, would you guys should get a subscription? NJPWworld.com, just sign up for it. It's better than the WWE Network. It's $9.99 a month with a lot of backlog that you can brush up on your New Japan history and title reign history and understand why JY wants to save New Japan Pro Wrestling. So when you guys watch the March 20th show, just be aware of the details that's going to happen in match four, which is a six man tag. And then in match five, which is Will Ospreay versus David Finley. Watch those little tiny details because they're going to mean a lot in the world of storytelling. And it's going to be great. So there goes my fantasy booking of who's going to win between those matches, what's going to happen. And I did give some breakdown analysis of Jay White's backstage comments and that David Finley is definitely going to surprise everyone. And he's doing it already. Now, let me just jump into the breakdown of the match of Jay White versus David Finley. In the previous matchups, Jay White always had this chip on his shoulder and he showcased the ability that he was better than David Finley, that he was always at least two steps ahead of David Finley when it came to their chess games in the ring. And that's what I had appreciated when I went back to watch a couple of their matches. Jay White takes command of the ring and even outside of the ring and his opponents with effortless skill. And most of the time dominates and build up this story of that he is definitely one step ahead of everyone else. When it came to David Finley in their rivalry for the other matches, not this one in particular for the New Japan Cup, but their previous matches, you can definitely see David Finley has the it factor. David Finley has the experience and has the wrestling ability and the talent. However, it felt like he was still trying to find himself where he fits in the New Japan landscape. And while he can definitely hold his own in a match, he never really got that one over Jay White 
until his first victory over Jay White. But this match for the New Japan Cup felt completely different. It was on another level. It was on the level of survival. Who could definitely one-up who? Who can deal the most damage and who can take the most damage? There was wrestling in the match. But in terms of their previous matches, there wasn't too much of let's fight in the ring. Let's have a clean match. This one was about who can outsmart who because Gato was a distraction every step of the way until Juice Robinson finally picked up Gato and took him to the back. And I appreciated from that moment on that both Jay White and Finley can have a clean match because I felt like this was... This should have been a very clean fight. But when you're dealing with Bullet Club and with someone who wants to prove their worth to their longest rival, you're never going to get a clean fight. But we did manage to get a clean pin at the end. And while I usually go over the notes and the play-by-play, there are three things I want to talk about in this match. The first one is how... Jay White does the Boston Crab to David Finley. If you are a New Japan Young Lion, that is the finisher they give every one of those Young Lions. There is no getting out of using that unless you prove to them that you could do other moves other than the Boston Crab. The Boston Crab is the finisher for a Young Lion. So that was the move that was used most of the time between their rivalry. So just to bring it back is just to add insult to injury. And then as both of them had graduated and continued their rivalry, JY will always switch up the Boston Crab and dig his knee into the shoulder blades of David Finley while having the Boston Crab so that way David Finley cannot crawl to the ropes. Now that's like super adding insult to injury. And while he was doing that during this match, David Finley managed to get to the ropes. Red Shoes called for a rope break and thus the match continued. The second thing I want to mention is that after Juice Robinson decided to take Gato to the back because Gato was doing a lot of the distraction, Jay White is so used to having Gato in the corner call out Kiwi Crusher that he had called out to Yuya to see if Yuya would do the same thing, even though Jay White answered his own question. But that's Jay White wanting to be acknowledged as the inspiration that he sees himself and the moneymaker that he sees himself and definitely the damn good professional wrestler that he sees himself because nine times out of ten... Jay White would do the Kiwi Crusher and it may possibly end the match. So Jay White is taking a little too much time. He hits the Kiwi Crusher on David Finley. David Finley kicks out of the Kiwi Crusher. The third thing that I want to talk about is the finish of this match between Jay White and David Finley. This was the most smartest finish I have ever seen in professional wrestling. Jay White is on a whole nother level when it comes to thinking about how a match should end, how the match should go. And of course, that's not to discount anything that Finley did in the match. Both of these guys put on one hell of a clinic to tell a story about 
one person not really accepting of the other one thinking that the other one is never going to arise to the same level as the one that got there first. So Jay White got everything he ever wanted before David Finley. Jay White is the one that managed to get the Intercontinental Championship under his legacy and also the heavyweight under his legacy. What has David Finley done? Not as much as Jay White. And that was the story within this match. That was the story that was building up to it in the short amount of time for the New Japan Cup. But it worked out beautifully. And then the ending. So David Finley goes in for a stunner and he does a stunner to Jay White. Usually if this was any other wrestler that's not Jay White, they would have staggered back into the corner, staggered into the ropes or just staggered away from their opponent. No, the smartest thing that Jay White did to help protect David Finley's finisher in the most beautiful way was to have the stunner be done. Then Jay White drops out to one knee and his head is resting on the shoulder of David Finley. And Finley sees this and he grabs Jay White and he runs into the corner and he does the sliced bread finisher. And then he pins Jay White one, two, three, cleanly, I may add. And gets the victory over Jay White and advances to the finals. And then Jay White has his mental breakdown where he basically says that it is not over between him and David Finley. And how David Finley has doomed the land of New Japan Pro Wrestling because Jay White wanted to save it. Obviously, David Finley has other goals and visions of his own and he's in business for himself. Most wrestlers are in business for themselves anyway. But that finish to that match is everything. And I was amazed. I had to go back and watch it a couple of times. And it was a thing of beauty. And I really like that where, you know, moves like a stunner can tell a story. And it told the perfect story where, yeah, Jay White did really get stunned. He didn't stagger. He got stunned in order for David Finley to complete the combination to help save David Finley's finisher to make sense. Because it would have been very awkward if the stunner happened and then Jay White staggers and then, you know, there had to be more steps added. Instead, just make it look like a one smooth motion where it was a devastating stun and it did what it was supposed to do. The move did its job and it allowed Finley to go on to the next combo step, which was the sliced bread and therefore pick up the victory. So no matter how much they bicker and argue and try to find out who's the best in this rivalry, you just know that they're the best of friends. And that was a really friendship of a move and really a great match for the month of March. As much as I go against David Finley on this podcast, he is loved. I respect him. I respect his whole legacy and I definitely respect his father. Even though I push against David Finley, it's only to help make him better if he ever listens to my podcast. And if he does, thanks for listening to my podcast. But I'm excited to see where David Finley goes, where Juice Robinson goes. I'm excited for all of these wrestlers. 
and all the stories that could come out. And I'm always a big believer of layers and complexity adds amazing things in the world of professional wrestling. I honestly love talking about New Japan Pro Wrestling. I love talking about these wrestlers and trying to add my creativity and my writer side to their stories. And I will never tell a wrestler, you better say these lines or else if I ever get hired to just dabble in the world of writing for professional wrestling. I rather guide professional wrestlers to make their stories make sense, make sure that they don't have 100% on loopholes and make sure that everything connects. And it takes details to make sure that things connect. It's like if you have a string, you got to make sure that string is solid from point A to point B in order to make sure that people are along for the ride. And I am definitely along for the New Japan ride. I'm definitely along for the Bullet Club ride, even Jay White's story and everyone else's story. Because I believe right now, New Japan Pro Wrestling has the strongest storytelling currently. And that may change when we get further into the year and professional wrestling changes again. And it might be a different company that's taking the lead on storytelling. But right now, it is New Japan Pro Wrestling. And if you guys enjoyed my analysis of New Japan Pro Wrestling, my fantasy booking and me talking about Jay White versus David Finley, congratulations to those guys. Then please do me the wonderful favor of making sure that you share this podcast episode on all social media platforms. If you guys want to get to know me more, I am on Twitter at me, at Marie underscore shadows, and make sure to share it on there too. Tag me. Talk to me about New Japan Pro Wrestling. If you guys want to listen to the audio format, you guys are more than welcome to head over to anchor.fm forward slash square circle podcast. This will also be in video format. So if you love watching YouTube, which you should, head over to youtube.com forward slash square circle podcast. Make sure to hit that subscribe button. Turn on notifications. Give me a like and drop me a comment. The more that you do that, the more that the YouTube algorithm likes that to get my video around. And also make sure when you hit that subscribe button, tell a friend. Thank you to everyone who has ever tuned in to listen to an episode of the Square Circle Podcast. I love what I do. I love professional wrestling and I love to create stories for you guys that make sense with the wrestlers involved and see how far we could really take it in the world of professional wrestling or definitely within the year of professional wrestling. It has been great talking about JY versus David Finley. Next podcast episode would definitely be Will Ospreay versus Zack Zaber Jr. I know I'm late on that, but you guys are going to get it anyway. My whole purpose is that if I could bring some value into your life, by showing you a different aspect or a perspective on professional wrestling then I have done my job. You have been listening to an episode of the Square Circle Podcast. I am your host, Marie Shadows, and I'll see you guys on the next one.